All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 139. It is a playoff edition of Oilers Nation Radio. The first ever outside of the bubble playoff edition of Even then, Oilers we only Nation got like Radio. one shitty episode in. We got one that episode in last year. That is true. So we're going to start off, first of all, programming note. Starting next week and throughout the playoffs, going two a week. Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday, Friday. So the Tuesday show will be more of just kind of like a, a, a conversation. We're going to talk about the playoffs. Friday will be business as usual with all the normal segments, but look forward to that next week. So set your schedules Tuesday, Friday for Weather Station Radio starting next week. First off, I'm going to start by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, as we always do. It is time to get yourself into a new vehicle, maybe even a Bronco that the people at Sherwood Ford have not yet dropped off at my house. I just checked my parking spot before we started recording. It is still not there. Now, That doesn't mean it will not be there when we're done. I'm going to hold out hope that that will happen. I will check again when we wrap up this podcast. Maybe Sherwood Ford will have four brand new Broncos in all of our parking spaces. Check them out on Twitter at Sherwood Ford on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Mr. Uramchuk, what's the giant question of the week? First off, I'm admiring the impressive stack of nation beer uh, Rick has behind his shoulder there. Yes, I've noticed that also. That's probably like 50% of the available nation beer in the city, knowing how fast it's flying (laughs) off the shelves right now. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. So I was doing a nation happy hour before game one, and we were just, I was plugging nation beer where you can get it. And then all of a sudden, the comments just start blowing up like, no, man, it's sold out everywhere. It's sold out fucking everywhere. If anyone here knows where I can get some in St. Albert, let me know because I, I will hunt some down. I, I'm craving nation beer. Anyways, short for giant question. Oilers coming off a game one loss. They got to bounce back tonight. So the question is, what is the number one thing you want to see the Oilers do differently tonight that they did not do in game one? I'll start us off here. I think that um, a level head here in game two is going to be the most important thing. Don't panic boys. There was a lot of stuff that that went well in game one and some stuff that didn't, I feel like out shooting the jets three to two uh, is going to be a good strategy. If they can do that, I think they need to get a little bit more traffic in front of Hellebuck, maybe a little bit greasier towards the crease, but I don't really think they need to change a whole lot apart from just maybe getting a little bit greasier. I thought that there were, especially in the second period of game one, the Oilers really controlled the play. And if we can get more of that slow start, first period was kind of a write-off, but you know what? It evened out. That's fine. Second period was great. 
Third period, I think they need a little bit of urgency. So if we can get more of what we got in the second period of game one, they're going to be fine. If you charge the net, get greasy, make Hellebuck's life a little bit more difficult, I think we're going to be okay in game two. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I, I think for me, the number one thing they need to do is make Connor Hellebuck's life more difficult. When you come at him north-south and you let him get set, he's hard to beat. He'll have a 970 save percentage almost every single time. Get him moving east to west. If you're in the middle of the slot, fire that fucking thing. And if you're outside the slot, make a good cross-ice pass. Get him moving. Make his life difficult. Getting to Connor Hellebuck and generating more high-quality chances. Possession wasn't the issue. And honestly, the Jets looked fine just letting the Oilers have the puck and keeping them to the outside. You're tempting fate if you're Winnipeg and you do that again in Game 2. McDavid and Settle. I don't think they're going to be held quiet. Make life difficult on Hellebuck, though. That's the number one priority tonight. Rick or Dan? Um, for me, it's, it's, uh, again, I think it was one of my keys when we talked about the series ahead of time is making life difficult for those, for those skilled forwards some more. I know that they didn't, they didn't really register on the score sheet in game one and that's, that's good. Um, but we've seen what the jets are willing to do to our skilled forwards. They're mucking it up with McDavid. They've, they've given Yamamoto all he can handle and more. And, uh, so for me, I, I'd like to see the Oilers just kind of make it tougher even more so for the guys like Mark Shifley, Ehlers and Dubois, if they come into the game, I want those guys to know that this isn't going to be an easy playoff run for them. And, and that win while they earned it is going to be, uh, is going to be their Hopefully their one win that they get this entire playoff series. So yeah, I just want to see it get a little, little oily for the uh, top six of the Winnipeg Jets. You know, I'm going to take it one step further from Tyler. I know you said get get those opportunities on net, but I think we need what we need to do is get it past Halibut. Um, we can't just throw him out there and give him a chance to get it, get a roll get a roll going on. We need to get out there, get some goals going. We've seen it before that when this team scores early, they're a much better team. They play more loose. You know, you, you tend to just that the pressure comes off them. Um, they, they don't score for the first period. Mm, seconds a little bit weird, and the longer it goes, you know, they kind of play. Uh, a little more hesitant. Uh, I think they did fine when it came to the defensive side of things last game. Uh, you got a weird tip and a lucky rebound, and those are the two things that beat you, so I'm not too worried about that on the ice. What I am worried about um, is scoring goals. I'm not worried that Connor's going to do it, but I knew they, they need to start doing it. They need to start doing it uh, early on tonight. Well, if you look at uh, just what Rick said, we're talking about depth scoring now. The Jets got their two goals. So, I mean, I, the score ended 4-1, but we're really talking about a 2-1 game here. So they got goals from Tucker Pullman and Toninato, which I, who is a guy I didn't even know existed until game one. So I think that the Oilers really need to find some ways to get some depth goals as well. Connor and Leon are not going to be held score, pointless. I like, I just, it's not going to happen. Maybe you get them one game, you don't get them twice. I just don't believe that. So I think the Oilers would love to get a goal from maybe their bottom six, even the middle six, you know, they need to get some goals from people that aren't named Connor and Leon. And that's going to go a long way because I feel like the jets may have an advantage in that department in terms of overall depth of their forwards. That's a good Sherwood Ford giant answer. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like there were some people. <laughs> the dead air, the dead air was good. <laughs> I think, and and usually we're itching to talk over each other on this podcast. It's true. Um, I I just think there were some fans sort of freaking out after game one, and I get it. You're damaged. It's, it's, f- been... it's fifteen years. The fifteen years. Of I know. PTSD, I know. I get that too. But this wasn't like Chicago. Like they got two lucky goals. Man, has a rebound that came off his chest that and normally is not going to come off his chest in yeah. a lucky tip. Not a big the, deal. The thing that drove me nuts were the people being like, <laughs> Dave Tippett got out coached and the Oilers don't have what it takes, blah, 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 blah. It was 1-1 going into the third period. The Oilers were the better team. The Jets got a lucky bounce. The Oilers didn't. If a shot from the point by Larson was tipped in by Archibald and the Oilers win that game 2-1, to one, what's the conversation like? It's Dave Tippett is a genius. He has the Oilers playing at their absolute peak. They know how to play playoff hockey and win tight games and get bounces. Like That's the playoffs in a sense you play a tight game and then you either get the lucky bounce or you don't. I feel like sometimes hockey fans are like almost embarrassed to admit just how much luck is involved in winning a tight playoff game like that. I think also tips, not not getting the credit from those people either way. There's not a chance. I know it's either against him or these just off the tongue all of a sudden. And 
talking about lucky bounces too, that, that empty net, the first empty net goal, chase on was in the right spot. The puck just happened to hit the referee or the linesman in the end there. And it yeah. comes out of the zone that way. Yes. It was an early pull, but the Oilers are confident, I think, in that sense, and you don't blame them for that because they have the two best players on the ice at that moment. So six on five, they should be okay to call pull the goalie in a little bit earlier. It just didn't go their way in that in that moment. And I, like you said, Tyler, the best team didn't win game one. Hopefully, the Oilers are still the best team in game two, and we will see a different result as as because of that. I think it was interesting too, just, uh, you know, writing the wrap up as I always do, whether it's nation.com and diving into the comment section the next morning, just how differently many of us saw the game. You know, yeah. I was taking a lot of heat in the comment section for saying, I don't think the others played that badly. The, 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 a lot was made of not getting a shot until eight minutes into the first period, which I agree sucks. That's not ideal, but on the big picture, Winnipeg only had three at the time. So it was not like they were ripping it up and the Oilers were just hanging on for dear life. It was just a tentative start. Second period was great. And you know what? You got to give Connor Hellebuck a little bit of luck. Again, I think the Oilers probably could have made his life a little bit more difficult yeah. than that. Um, but you got to give him credit. If the Oilers are carrying a 2-1 lead into the third period, maybe that's a different outcome, you know? But they didn't get that second goal they needed. They just couldn't make it happen. And I feel like tipping your cap to an opposing goaltender sometimes is not the biggest issue. No. Um, it was just, it was interesting though, how much shit I took for it. Yeah. The other thing too, and the one area I will give the jets a lot of credit for how many breakaways or two on ones did the Oilers have? Can very you remember, can you remember one? They were very, I, very much sitting back in like a very defensive posture. We played very, con- very conservative. Yep. And again, like it, it's hockey's a game of adjustments in that way. And there's a reason you play seven, right? The jets clearly are okay. Sitting back and letting the Oilers have the puck. And it's like rope-a-dope, right? They're just going to sit back and let you circle around the offensive zone, throw pucks on net from the outside. They're going to try to beat you that way. But what I'm saying is if you do that against the two best offensive players in the NHL, it's going to bite you in the ass. And Connor Hellebuck might steal you a game. That that still might come at some point in the series. I don't think he stole game one for the Jets at all. I think the Oilers didn't do a good enough job creating high-danger shit. And if they do that... It's totally different. It's a totally different outcome tonight. One thing that I'm looking forward to seeing if there's an adjustment on is the Oilers were doing a lot of dump and chase on, in game one, yeah. Uh, but they weren't necessarily finishing off the checks on the four check yes. to get it back. So it just seems like it seemed like a waste of just throwing the puck in if you're not going to go and hammer some bodies. So I wonder how much Dave Tippett was pushing full execution on their dump and chase game. If that is the model that they're going to do, because it seems like the jets, like Tyler said, are just, they're happy to sit back and I want, I'm not going to call it a trap, but it's getting pretty close to it. Cause they were just sitting back very, very conservatively. I, I personally want to see the, the Oilers dump in the puck less. I think like, I understand that sometimes it's the right play. You get it deep. You go hit the defenseman. I agree with you, bag milk. You got to hit the D man. You got to make them nervous and sweaty when they're going back to get that puck. But the jets are clearly okay with you holding on to the puck so hold on to the puck. If Winnipeg's okay sitting back and they don't want to give you odd mans and they don't want to let you make plays that are result in two-on-ones, carry it in. If it's there, take it. And, and that's something I wouldn't mind seeing them do uh, in game two. Well, and to that point as well, we didn't see a lot of McDavid or Dreisaitl carrying the puck into the zone. It was... Yeah. It was a lot more of Jesse uh, getting it over the line. Yamamoto got it over the line a couple times. Like, it, that... I think that that's something that they need to work on trying to figure out. And that's going to come with the adjustments in the seven game series, like Tyler said. Um, But just trying to design plays and set up plays where McDavid can be the guy that breaks into the zone. And even if it doesn't necessarily mean that he's carrying it right to the net, it's still, it's still creating that separation and that chance for you to set up your offensive pressure. But when, but when, see, you get the other guys to, when you get the other guys to bring the puck in, because um, obviously right away, if you see 97 or 29 on the ice, you know, out of the 10 eyes on the ice, seven of them are looking at those two, right? Um, so you got to start taking advantage of the other side. You're going to have to have to make the most of the yes to pull in. But when yes to pulls that puck in, man, dude, that's such a big body so fast. I think he's really strong at that. Um, some of these other guys, you know, there's a little soft dump behind the defenseman, five, six, seven, eight feet behind them. So it ends up around the hash marks. And then you get in there moving. They have no no room. To, you know, you're not going right into the end, into, into the backboards there. Yeah. And then you start to open up that game right that way. So, I, you know what it is? It's, it's one game. Um, they sat down, they watched video. These guys don't lose two in a row very often. Um, you, 
very rarely do you hold Connor or Leon off the board and you know what happens after they, after they put up a goose egg. Um, yeah, I see these guys bouncing back tonight and uh, coming out with, a, with a, a game plan more suited to beat uh, Winnipeg. Well, I also think you have to give Winnipeg a little bit of credit for limiting yeah. Leon and Connor's space as well as they did. There's a reason those guys weren't flying through the neutral ice like we normally see them is because I think Winnipeg did a good job of of of, of pressuring them and putting two guys up there. So it made guys like Puliarvi and Yamo have to carry the puck in. Now, I think that those two players specifically, Connor and Leon, that is, they can adjust to that. They'll figure it out. Yeah. And I'm not too, too worried about it at all. Um Connor said he wasn't worried about it. I, I, you, know what, you know what? I actually thought James Neal had a really good quote post game on Wednesday where he's just like, that's playoffs. You know, we'll regroup and move forward. This is, this, this isn't it. This isn't it. So big game tonight, obviously, as we're recording, it is two o'clock on a Friday afternoon game starts in five hours. Lots to get to before that. Let's give a shout out to our friends at skip Maybe you need some snacks for tonight. You know, maybe you want to order a little za. Maybe you want to order some oodle noodle, maybe some wings. Mm. Maybe you want to get your life in order and order all of the Arby's that you can fit mm-hmm. into your stomach. For me, that's a lot. I also like to put some in the fridge, pop those in the air fryer, freshens up <laughs> real nice, real, real nice. Skip the dishes.ca, go get yourself something to eat. All right. McDavid and Drysaddle held scoreless in game one. None of us are really worried about it. Let's talk about what the Oilers did do well in game one, because again, I just, I don't think they played as poorly as some people did. So let's talk about what they did do well in game one and what they should carry over into game two. Personally, I, I thought that second period, the pressure running the cycle down low in Winnipeg zone, they did a good job of that as the game wore on. And I think if they can do that some more, Winnipeg's defense just isn't good enough to handle, especially the top two lines. And when, Dave Tippett mixes Connor and Leon in together. That's going to be a problem for the Jets if they can keep that cycle going. Yeah, and for me, there were individual players who I liked the effort from. I thought Puliyarvi was a beast. Four Arguably shots on the goal. best forward in my opinion. Yeah, he was their most impactful forward for sure. Uh, seven individual shot attempts, I believe, was the number Puliyarvi racked up at five on five. He had a couple nice plays with his big body as well. Loved the game from JP. I really liked Slater Cuckoo. I thought he jumped up in the rush a handful of times. I didn't see a single brain fart defensively from the guy. Almost set up Nuge for a beautiful goal in the second period. I Slater Cuckoo deserves to stay in the lineup here. And, and I was a guy who said, you know, maybe you don't play him in game one. I, I would have gone to Jones, but I was wrong there. Tippett knew what he was doing. So I liked what I saw from him. I liked what I saw from Ryan Nugent Hopkins as well. I saw a little bit of hate for him. But again, I thought he was back in the defensive zone quickly a handful of times. And he's he's making plays. And that's why... When people are like, oh, he's not scoring, he's shit offensively. I don't see it. I think he's fighting it a little bit right now, but like he makes plays with the puck. He doesn't turn it over very often. He'll turn something out of nothing more often than not. Like I like what I saw from Nuge, Huliarvi, and Cuckoo. Those are my three big positive players. I'll also throw in Josh Archibald. He was a fucking yeah. He was a he was a cannonball yes. out there. That hit on Demello. You could see his soul leave his body and go into the second deck. Dan and Rick, I- what do you like? Well, I was going to say Archibald for me too, because that hit, I feel like it, it, it did kind of spark the boys a little bit and it felt like the team started to push a little bit more after that. It woke everybody up. Um, and then another guy for me is, is Ryan McLeod, you know, for a rookie in his first NHL first NHL playoff game, uh, didn't look out of place, was playing really soundly defensively. Um, and I, I think that that's going to just continue to be a good thing for us in that back end. And I, I do believe that they are going to start to chip in between him and Archibald. Rick, what do you like on, on Wednesday? You know what? I like the way the whole team pretty much played uh, from our from the from the center line into our own end. Um, I think you know the two goals that were there. It's a you know a bad rebound that normally doesn't get uh, let out there, and, and a lucky tip. Uh, you you get the lucky bounce on either one of those, and it's a one nothing game on our side. So you know what? I thought we did. Uh, I thought we played as a team pretty well down on, on in our end. And tonight, I'm just expecting uh, to get that little extra push from the offense. Yeah, I like that answer, Rick, too. Like limiting the high danger scoring chances that definitely when we play the Jets, I find that those that their forwards do get those opportunities where you're like, oh, shit. And Smith has to come up big or Koskinen has to come up big. But it just didn't happen very much in that game. And that was good. Yeah, your goalies are players, too, right? So they're going to pull their weight every now and then and come up with one of those uh, 10 bell saves just to like, you know, make up for the fact that Connor goes through half the team and puts in the puck. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was a well-rounded game that we 
had a bit of a flat tire on the offensive side. I think they really focused on making sure that we took care of our own end. And when you do that, the, the uh, other end pays off uh, soon enough, and we'll see that tonight. Looking at the Jets, obviously that's the start in the series they wanted. They win a game in Edmonton. What did they do well that converted into a 2-1 or 4-1 victory, I should say? I think it's pretty simple. They, they kept Connor and Leon off the, off, the, off the score sheet. It's that plain and simple. You do that, you should, you should probably beat us. And, and Connor just, Hellebuck was everything that they wanted him to be in that game. And, and he was uh, solid. I don't think he stood up on his head too much, though. Yeah, I don't I think, think that he, he necessarily goal, had like, to, though. But there yeah. were some really good saves that he made. Like Nuge yep. had one where he knocked it out of midair and Hellebuck saved it. Ryan yep. McLeod right on the doorstep, he saved that. Like so he made some clutch saves. And while I would say, I agree with Rick, he wasn't like sensational. He, no, he did his job. He did I think his both, job. Both him and Smith were both solid. It was just yeah. that, like yeah. you said, Rick, the bounces just didn't Too go lucky bounces. way. And so, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, you got to give credit to Hellebuck that he was solid and and exactly what they wanted from him. I just Looking wish around. the puck would drop right now, man. I'm like, I can't wait like, another five <laughs> hours. Fuck. Yep. Oh. It, it's one of those things where we haven't had enough playoffs in this city. So like our hearts aren't used to the weight. Yeah. Our hearts aren't used to losing a game. This is just, we're all getting our at-bats in here. Well, uh, you know, first, part of part of this is though, we don't get to get together, right? Because normally we start getting together almost three hours before which would be, you know, like two hours from now, instead of being five hours, you know, we're doing this in steps. You go to work, you do this, you do that. Bang. We're at, you know, we're at the bar by three, three thirty, four o'clock. And then all of a sudden we have some drinks next, thing you know, it's six 30. Okay. Well, shit. Now it's game time. Let's go. So then we miss that middle part, that really nice, that leads into the game. So instead we sit here and doing our anxious uh, walk around our places till puck drop. Hey man, if this was a normal year, I would be at the pint right now. It's two o'clock. Like, oh, we'd be doing uh, these lives from the pint. You'd be like, yeah, we'd be bringing in the bags of shirts right now. We're putting together the grab bags, have a couple, you know, tequilas already just to help uh, bag everything up easier. Looking through Twitter, a uh, little bit of good news, bad news for the Oilers tonight. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois will play. He'll be back in the lineup. The Oilers had both uh a nice advantage of having both he and Ehlers out Ehlers looking like he's not going to play tonight. He stayed out after practice for a little extra work. He was in a, uh, he was not wearing a non-contact Jersey though this morning. So they, like were wearing non- they were both what did wearing I say? non-contact. No, I was just saying how weird it is to come up with a way to say he wasn't in a non, like he was wearing a contact <laughs> Jersey, not a non-contact. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was just wearing a normal practice Jersey. He was it's wearing weird, a normal though, practice Jersey. Dubois was wearing the non-contact yesterday, right? So it's like, hey, don't touch him. Today he gets his full. You don't. They're not going to throw him into a full, a full-on practice today. And plus, it's game day. I think dude, that's a little bit Dubois, of gamesmanship. No, man. You, no, dude. The player wants to come in, right? So if we have no idea what he is, but he couldn't get hit yesterday. But he can get hit. If you're the Oilers, man, you got to rough him up today. Yep, I agree. You gotta, you, you gotta, gotta make, make life. You gotta finish every damn hit on this guy. On everyone, right? Like Dubois, Eli, whoever it is, like just fucking yep. establish the physical dominance. Yep. So the Oilers again, game two, they got a nice little advantage here. Nick Ehlers is not playing tonight, which is a bummer for the Jets, but good news for us. All right. So game two tonight. It's Friday night. A lot of pressure on the Oilers. I think to win this, you can't go down two no two nothing going into Winnipeg. We talked about some keys to the game. Let's talk about the special teams. On Wednesday, one penalty called in the entire game, and it was a pretty obvious one. Yamo take a high stick right to the face. Um, frankly, I thought it should have been four minutes, but I am a little bit biased. I'll admit that. Was he not cut? He definitely a had stretch. a welt. He definitely had a welt. Now, I thought it was right after the cut. I don't know. Right after the play, right, right after the play, before he went to the bench, you could see a little a little cut under his eye. There, he needs that little Nelly band aid. But uh, he had a little a little scratch, but there was no like blood. So I guess that's your little gray zone, and that, like no blood, no no four minutes. Sorry, bud. Sherwood so, Ford Giant question two Should Yamamoto rock the Nelly band aid tonight in game two? Yes, goddamn right, yes. you should. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to talk about special teams though. So. The Oilers have the advantage in the special teams over the Jets. Power play was great, but they only got one chance. Do you think we're going to have this series where nothing, like it was prison rules out there and that's fine, but it makes the game a whole lot different, doesn't it? What do you guys think about the officiating game? It was Graham Skilleter. Oh yeah. I knew that's all you got to say. I, I didn't Skilleter. think... 
I think it was a bit of a product of like the game not being too, too physical or too much bad blood in there. Like, I, I think that might be why there weren't very many penalties. I'm a guy who likes power plays. I wish it would be more common for there to be six or seven in a game because they're exciting. They get the offense going. Um, they called the one egregious one. I thought there was the one on McDavid where he was pretty clearly tripped. Dry Saddle got hacked pretty good once too. So those two probably should have been called, but I noticed there was a play, I think it was in the third, that I thought Ethan Bear should have been called on. And there's probably a couple more because I'm biased that that the Oilers could have been called on. So I I think it benefits the Oilers if each team gets three power plays, right? Like if that were to happen, I think that benefits the Oilers more than last game did where there is only one power play between the two teams because Edmonton has a distinct special teams advantage in this in this series. They just do. Their power play and penalty kill have been lights out since April 1st. So if they can, you know, and I think it comes back to Edmonton trying to get penalties as well. Play physical, get some hatred in here, get the Jets pissed off and get them to take stupid penalties. Even if the game goes to four on four, that also benefits the Oilers. They're a damn good four on four team. Do you think like the I was, refs feel any pressure calling more tonight because the last Canadian, like Toronto and Montreal had a bunch last night. So it's like, we're the one series that kind of stands out for no calls. Even I was watching uh, there and go. I was watching Colorado and Minnesota and there, there was, there was obstruction calls being called. It was just, yeah, it was, I, dude, I, I feel like the officials are going to sit there and look at it and go, okay, that series, that's it. Like every, we did, we had one call guys. Like we have got Connor McDavid, you know, like I, there could be a little bit of uh, managing the game tonight. There, this whole game management thing that's come out over the last few months is just so obnoxious. <laughs> it's just like, how is the refing so different in series to series? Yes, I agree with Tyler. It wasn't the most like spiteful and hateful game that you could ever see between the Oilers and Jets, but like there was There's still any game to be infractions. Made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it seems very odd that 60 minutes of national hockey league play will go by. And they're just like, that was only one. That was only one penalty. It <laughs> seems weird for a, for a league that's gagging for scoring, gagging for it. It just, they have the answer. It's right there. The fucking solution is right there. On the flip side, though, they did they did maintain the status quo, which is something I think that we've complained about in the past where, you know, for two periods, they don't call anything. And then all of a sudden, the third period, they're calling every little little ticky-tacky play. So at least there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> The Oilers also have to. The Oilers also have to take advantage when they get those few power plays that they're going to get. They have to. Uh, they have to bury the puck there, and and it didn't feel like that power play was that special. That one, at least. No, that was a. Yeah, but it's uh, tough to be. That was it's a, tough to be hundred percent, man. But that was a mulligan for sure. That was a. Uh, yeah. That, that was that was you, you. You try to take a mulligan on that one because they just look. They looked disjointed. They looked like they needed another at bat at least to be like, oh, okay, now we're back on. But the team didn't look overly comfortable playing in the offensive zone last game. Well, I was just going to say, do you think that there is part of it where, you know, what was it? Three days, four days, three days of just waiting around, sitting around the anticipation, a little bit of nerves, maybe how much do you think that factored into the slow start? Well, I think there was some tentative play going on there. There, There's some, we know what happened last year. We're not thinking about it. But we know what happened last year. We can't allow this to happen again. Let's triple check our end. Let's make sure, you know, let's concentrate everything on making sure that we're sound defensively and uh, and hopefully that the offense will take care of itself. It didn't last game, so I think we'll have to uh, gear down and, and push a little bit more tonight. I also think that the Oilers were a little guilty, perhaps, of not having meaningful games towards the end here. Uh, up until Connor got his mixed century, we it felt like we were playing at a high a high level. Um, those last few games, they just kind of they just kind of coasted into the into the playoffs, which is fair because you'd already clinched everything and you were fine to go with the uh, with the second seed. But uh, yeah, I, I think Rick's right. They just they kind of they didn't want to make a mistake. They didn't make a mistake so much as the bounces just didn't go their way. And uh, this this team isn't going to sit back for seven games. They're not going to sit back for two games. So we're fine. Everything's fine. Tyler is done with this podcast and has checked out completely. <laughs> It's a quick phone call. Yeah, you know, dude, I think call. honestly, if you watch the way Chicago, if you watch the way Winnipeg played, they played like kind of like they had a lead in the third period and we're trying not to lose. Right. That's why they're backing up and we have the thought and they're trying to give us you all. What happens when you play overly protective? The other team eventually gets going and starts popping them on you. That's going to happen with us tonight. 
I wonder who's Tyler's talking to right now. We've got, he's taken off his headphones entirely. He is well, looking not the girlfriend because she'd be focused. in the house. Yep. Not the girlfriends. I'm just it's, studying. This has to be a work. He's yeah, looking at the computer a, screen. He's a little fired up. Yeah, he looks very focused on whatever this call is. He's clicking around on a computer, um, talking very have, you quickly. Guys some, you guys have some insight. Is this some like, uh, what's going on inside of the nation here that we don't know about? Are they about to announce something here? It's Bro, a good is it, question. Does he have a source? Does he have a source? Hang on. I'm going to look in the back end here. So I don't see Tyler and anything in the back end here on OilersNation.com. <laughs> I'm now, checking social media. Nothing there. That I'm nothing seeing. from Tyler there. Uh, the GDP oh, is up. I bet he's on, on a call with uh, cool bet. Someone about his uh, bankroll there. Yeah. Maybe they're just like, Hey man, you emptied your account the other night. We need you to replenish. And, and Tyler's just like, all right, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, throwing his hand in the air in exasperation. Now he has got a he pen in his mouth. Beer. He found nation beer. He's right he down may have found nation beer. He's now smiling. He is now, comp- he's got a, he's got a little, a chipper look on his face. He's got a glow in his eye. Now he's still back to the computer. Oh, he's hung up here. Oh, he's coming he's back. He's coming back. An update. He's going to put his headphones on. Beer. So on yeah, I think tonight's game is going to be a very important one for us. And uh, you know, I think we'll be okay. What just happened there, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> He's muted. He's muted. He's muted. Now he's himself. muted. He muted so now we can't even know. About it. Now we can't even know what's going on. <laughs> I am at no liberty to lost divulge. the tea time. He lost his tea time tomorrow. That's what it is. Oh fuck! Actually, I would be. I know. No, I would he, be I, smiling right now if I lost my fucking tea time. He found Nation beer, but he couldn't uh, pre-order it. So not I had a line on some Nation beer. I'm working my phone. I'm working the phone. <laughs> there was a look of stress on your face. There was an animated hand movement going on. So I'm looking forward to hearing this once we wrap. Uh, until Tyler tells us what's going on, <laughs> the running theories we've got currently, he has a line on Nation beer. Sold out everywhere, but Tyler's got a line on it. Second theory that I have, Tyler's been charged with murder. Now, <laughs> that was my lawyer, or was that the police? Like, where are you going to that? Tyler has not been charged with murder. He gets away with all his murders. Um, all right, back to the hockey game. We've got two, uh, five hours until puck drop game two here. Tyler, you were at Rogers' place on Wednesday night. Uh, quick question How weird is it? just being in the building. There's no yeah. fans there. It's a playoff game. We're watching the games going on in the States. Everybody's having so much fun down there. Just what's it like being in there for a playoff game when there's nobody at all outside of you guys in the media? Um, yeah, it's super weird. Like actually this game was weird for a couple because they had the 12 healthcare workers sitting up in press row in the loge level. So there were like people cheering at points, which was like kind of odd when press rows usually pretty quiet and you get the fake crowd noise. But then once in a while you'd hear out of, it would have been my right ear. I'd hear like, Oh yeah, let's go Oilers. It's like, Oh shit. There's fucking people here watching the game with us, which was kind of funny. Um, but it is weird. Like it sucks. They play like the let's go Oilers chant video before the game. And, uh, it makes you miss it. Like, I don't know. I was earlier in the day, I was scrolling back through uh, my phone, looking at all the memories I have of the 2017 run and how loud it was a, a game where my section was uh, the section I was sitting in was starting. Uh, like it was like, let's go Oilers. Fuck you, Kessler. And like, you miss Ugh. that. Right. So it's shitty being there in an empty rink. It sucks. And it's cold as hell in there. It's soul crushing boys. It's soul crushing. Yeah. I don't have a 19,000 person capacity. Uh, building to watch it in with nobody in it. Mine's much smaller, but mine gets damn near as loud. And it's soul crushing to, to to be in there and have nothing and have and have just no energy. You guys know what it's like to be in uh, to be in a place with that many people. That it's your hair standing up on your arms. You got goose. It's it's crazy. It's so much fun. It's what the whole playoffs are about. But instead, here we are. We're sitting around. Unfortunately, I think we probably seven of us were in seven different houses. It's it's a uh, I had a, uh, like Tyler, I had some memories coming up on just Facebook and Instagram and whatever um, from some of the games in 2017. And it's just like, all I could think about during Wednesday night's game is how fucking loud Rogers place would have been like Oilers scored first big goal from JP. Then, you know, maybe that, that changes things entirely. Just having the crowd behind him. So it's a real bummer. Um, have you guys been watching place the game? Exploded, States? man. It would have exploded yeah. for, for, for Pugliarvi's goal. Yep. Yeah, I've I've been trying to soak up every little bit of this playoff. I, d- I don't know why. It's just 
it's been more entertaining to me this year than it has been in the past to watch other the atmosphere. teams in the playoffs. The atmosphere, yeah, the atmosphere. It it's the atmosphere, hundred thousand percent. Like that's just that's the only difference. Well, and the games the have been the games to their credit have been entertaining. Outside of that Carolina Nashville series, every single series has had some intrigue to it and some excitement about it. Like last night, oh. Minnesota giving up a two nothing lead to the Vegas Golden Knights, losing the game five to two. Um, Tyler's we lost Tyler again. He is back on the phone. Oh, His dude, arm is he's been down for. He's been back for. He's been gone for a minute or so. The, the, had, did you not see it? Did you Tyler's not see it? Got a notification. When he got a notification where that phone call came in, you should have seen the look on his face. He was disappointed, dejected. He looked right into the camera at everybody, and you could see, like, whatever this is, this is definitely not nation beer. There is like something. A, there's some. The Riverhawks River may be moving cities. This, the, the Blue Jays may have traded somebody. I'm trying to figure out, like, this, this is no longer um, a positive type of situation. This is going to hurt him. He's not there enjoying is- this at all a look of pain on Tyler's face right now that you can't see. But I, what I do know for sure is somebody with power has got Tyler by the balls right now, because here at nation HQ, Tyler reports to me and all of a sudden he's just ignoring us mid podcast. And now he is taking who at at nation, who at nation could call him right now. And he'd answer the phone zero, nobody. No, that's what I'm saying. This is not, this is I'm telling you, man, I don't know. Like, uh, Something's not right. This might be the murder case. This could be it. This could be the it one that first Tyler the lawyer, now about. it's the detective. Yep. Now, oh, Tyler's smiling now. He's got a little head shrugs going on. He's still talking very quickly, it seems. Uh, again, somebody with major influence and power is called Tyler Yeramchuk. Derailed Oilers Nation Radio. This is twice, twice now. This is twice. I, this is in the playoffs. This is in the playoffs. This is not preseason. No, This is in no, the no, playoffs. No. This must be a major ordeal here because a playoff podcast has been interrupted by two phone calls and he seemingly has no interest in getting back on this podcast. He's now mouthing the words, I'm sorry, please help me into the camera. I don't know what's happening. We may have lost Tyler Remchuk. Will this podcast even be posted today? I don't know. Am I talking to He's anyone? He's the only one who can do this. It's, it's, we're really in a pickle here, boys, because the only person that can handle this podcast has, he's, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to leave the room here. He's reshuffling <laughs> in his chair now. He is visibly rattled. Stay you guys tuned. Are computer for guys. Next can Tuesday. no one like, you guys are, you guys are computer guys. Can no one hack his computer and take the mute off? I really oh, wish that, that I was the good. one hosting the Zoom call. How, how would good would it be to take the mute off of him right now? We get the, uh, we get the running uh, commentary. Oh, he's coming back. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Did I see it? Did I see him mouth the word Bob? No, he's back. He's on muted again. again. He's still he's muted. Back on, he's just rattled. Tyler he's is not used rattled. to leaving. He's not. I used know. To I know. Fuck. I think I know. He was roasting me the first time. Then I saw a thing. It was like, <laughs> call me now. And it was like, oh boy. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. That's on me. This is somebody podcast. with major power and influence distracting Tyler from a playoff edition of Oilers Nation Radio. This is. This could Will be. Will he still be here Tuesday? Are you are you going to be here on Tuesday, Tyler? I was just going to say, stay tuned Tuesday to see how many phone calls. If Tyler you gets then. are listening to Oilers Nation Radio, I urge you to put your empties aside. <laughs> we may have to be raising bail money here for your Remchuk. We don't know what's going on. He has left twice. Will a third time happen? Maybe. I think we're good. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Goodness gracious, a little bit of dramatics here on Oilers Nation Radio episode 139. Must be be contract season. Must be contract season. Must be contract season. (laughs) All right. Boys, I want to talk about Zach Cassian a little bit. Who? (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Zach Cassian played his first game since April 21st on Wednesday. He was quiet. Now, I don't think that's surprising that he was quiet playing his first game in more than a month or about a month. It is. Um, yes, it is. It is. is. It is surprising. We just watched three days of hockey where all these guys are going balls to the wall and they're throwing their bodies out there. Yeah, I get it. I get it. He, you know, maybe he's a little leery about going, but this, he's not a first year player, man. He's done this before. He's come back from injuries before. He knows what it's like. He went through 17. He saw what he could do in 17. He went through last year. He read everything. He heard everything about how, you know, we needed that type of emotion. We need that type of game involved. He sits there and watches three nights of hockey in a row, I hope, um, of what's going on with there. It should have been simple. 
go out there, bang bodies, don't even give a shit about the puck. We don't care. This is what we need from you. And he didn't do it. What well, do you call him John Cena from now on? Till he comes, I, till he has a game, till he has a 2017 game, we call him John Cena because we can't see him. I don't, okay. I, I don't know if you're, I don't know if that assessment is necessarily right, except for the fact that there was some guys on the Winnipeg Jets that were basically calling him out. They were asking for somebody to come out and do something. Logan Stanley pushed around Yamamoto like he was his big brother. Neil Pion. Don't respond. Don't respond. Go out there and instigate. Go out there and do well, that's what I'm saying. something. Don't wait till someone gets roughed up first. Go out there and grab someone first. That's what but, we need. That's but what we Cassian want. needs That's to what go out. To Cassian needs to go out. After that kind of stuff happens, he needs to go out and mark that kid. Mark Logan Stanley, Mark Neil Pionk, whoever he needs to do to 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 get that thing going. But yeah, it's it, it is a little troubling that now we've we've done two bubbles with Cassian. The teams talk about how they need help getting that emotion going. You see Josh Archibald laying out a big hit, and Cassian can't turn around and say, you know what, I need to do that too. It, that's frustrating. You see, Connor Dan, standing, you see Connor standing at this red line, putting his fan, hand in someone's face, getting in with Pionk. That was Barry great. tries to get involved. Connor doesn't want anything about someone coming in there. Connor wants to deal with himself. Your captain's leading the way in doing this. Get out there and do what exactly what we need you to do. Well, I was, I was going to say, I like Dan's point where I don't know how, if you're a player like Cassian, where you could see the game that Josh Archibald at least started with throwing his body around like a fucking missile out there mm-hmm. and how that doesn't inspire you to create some of that energy yourself. I, I guess that was really surprising for me, how he didn't look at what some of the boys were doing, like an Archibald, like a Connor, getting mixed up and having that fire him up. I just, man, he was quiet. Tyler, if you're done texting, do you have a take on Cassian? Uh, yeah, for me, like I, I didn't, I didn't love the whole like <laughs> group of people going out of me, like pull him out of the lineup, pull him out of the lineup. Like I didn't know. No. Am I muted still? I'm not right. I don't no, know. No, I was just, you were, <laughs> we're you, were just looking at, you. you were looking I'm, south for about five minutes there. So I'm I imagined rattled. the novel that was going out that text to your lawyer must be extensive. <laughs> I, I listen, if I were in charge, I would compile a video that was just every Josh Archibald shift from that game, like lined up for one continuous thing. And I'd show it to Zach Cassian. And I'd say, if you aren't closer to that in game two, you might not get a game three. And I think at that point, it's fair to put a little bit of heat on him. It was his first game back from injury. I cut him a little bit of slack for that. You know, there were other guys who weren't at their best in game one. So whatever, but time's ticking here. I'm not exactly a guy who loves making excuses for Zach Cassian. And I think right away here, he's, he's running out of excuses. Is is he running at a time though in leash when the guy's got a four year deal in his pocket and he can just, you know, then, then fuck, man, hey, like you might Eric, get yourself bought out or something, or you might get thrown dude, to Google, Seattle. Dude, worst contracts were traded last season. Simple. Yeah. Worst I, contracts I mean, were traded. I, I think... Dude, Branson was traded. Yeah, Other contracts can be traded. You, you are movable. This is fixable. And I would not pull him out tonight. I would sit there and go, yeah, exactly what Tyler said. Here's your chance, okay? Game one, whatever, it's over. No problem. Let's go. Figure it out. What's going on? Tyler, your phone is calling you. <laughs> oh, it's rattled. <laughs> we got to keep letting the li- We have it's to just, let the yeah. listeners know why they're not getting the insight that they expect from you, Adam Chuck. That's the thing, down right? Down that beer. Yes. It's Whatever too, the issue is, no, down that beer. My contract says one episode a week, so from now on, I'm going to be zoned out for half of each episode. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I love this. this well, you know what, boys? Just like with Cassian, maybe we need to look at making some changes here if Tyler doesn't you know, figure it out. You're going to pull me out for Josh Park next episode? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Josh Park is going to be stepping in as the producer of Oilers Nation Radio. But I'm going to, like, I'm going to get healthy scratch. Like, I have to sit and, like, still watch the podcast and, like, Oh, yeah, you're getting talk. cuckolded in your fucking role as the producer. It's going to have Josh Park manning the board He's- at your house while you sit in the background just kind of watching. You know, texting, popcorn, texting. <laughs> no phone, no phone at all. Uh, that's good shit. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee owned business here in Edmonton with all of the insurance products that you could ever need. Whether it's your vehicle, your home or your life, Cornerstone has got something available for you. And if you're a citizen of the nation and if you're listening to this right now, you are. 
head on over to cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca, and look for the Citizens of the Nation tab. You will get a little discount on your insurance products. Again, 90 years of experience here with Cornerstone. They are fantastic folks. They are massive Oilers fans, and they would love to help you with whatever you need. Any product, no problem. And if they're helping you out, I guarantee you they won't be texting or taking phone calls. (laughs) They might be. They might be, but the only people they'll be texting and taking phone calls from are you, the customer, because they are dedicated you to you. There he goes again. He's looking downward. No, I'm looking at you guys. I'm looking at I'm dialed in. I promise. I'm ready to go. Uh, oh, I'm just worried that beer's getting warm over there. I have not seen that touch your lips. Fucking for quite empty. Some time here. I oh, panic well chugged it. I'm stress drinking right now. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we feel got... free to go get a second one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you, you've been absent for half of this anyway, so you might as well wander on over <laughs> and get yourself hydrated. <laughs> All right, boys. We got one segment left here on the in, in Weathers Nation Radio. I just want to look around the playoffs. I'm going to look around the NHL mm-hmm. at what's going else going around in the league. Uh, let's start with the Canadian division. The the Leafs and the Habs kicked off last night. Game one, unfortunately, started with a pretty fucking scary incident as John Tavares took uh, a knee from Corey Perry in the face. It was accidental, but it still did not make a difference in terms of what actually happened. Um, scary incident. It was about nine and a half minutes where Tavares was on the ice and... Um, yeah. that was a rough one boys i imagine a bunch of us were watching yeah it was it, whenever you see a guy kind of have like I don't, I don't i don't know what word I'm, like it's not lifeless but like he was out of it man like he that yeah. that's a scary look to see on another person and like yeah it just it sucked it was you know it was bang bang cory perry's fucking cory perry but i know i'm sure he didn't try to drive his knee through Tavares's head so it, it's it was scary to watch and one of those moments that makes you like Things like that, when you see a guy get hurt like that, it takes the buzz out of playoff hockey because you're just like, man, like you, you, you feel for the guy. Well, there's worse in a building with no people, man. That place is yeah. silent. Yeah. Yeah. Like it can get, it, it gets almost that quiet with 20,000 people when something like that happens. And that's eerie enough. But when, like, that was, you can hear well, like the doctors whispering in the trainers yeah. type of a thing. That's the, I think that was even the more scary part for me was you, not only could you not hear anything, what you could hear was people saying, John, stay down, John, stay down. Like the kind of, that kind of scary conversation that, yeah. that, you know, gets was, muffled by the fact that there's noise and, and people in the but building. But Spezza, Spezza came out today and said, you know what, like he, he stayed by him, right? By them the whole time there. You could see him and Florida right there and it looked like they're both trying to talk to him. Well, I, I've, I've taken a knockout or two on the ice and you try and get up, like you're start, you're rattled, you don't know what's going on. And and he and, and Spezza said, you know what, he was really confused. So at that point, you're just like, hey, get everyone get the fuck away from me. Let me get back on my feet and get the hell out of here and try and figure my shit out. And Spezza, you know, for some reason, he recognized his voice and, and Jason was able to calm him down. Okay, you know, just calm down, calm down and keep him and allow the doctors to do their thing. It's uh, it's terrifying, but the good news but, is you know, what they're that... getting into, it's, it sucks, but. The good news is that the Leafs released a statement here. Uh, bear with me. Toronto Maple Leafs captain John Tavares has been discharged from the hospital this morning. He was thoroughly examined and assessed by the neurosurgical team at St. Michael's Hospital and the club's medical director. He was kept overnight for observation and is now resting at home under the care and supervision of team physicians. Tavares will be out indefinitely. So the game ended a 2-1 victory for the Habs. Obviously a really, really tough start for, for Toronto, but... If we're going to talk about the game itself, the game winner by Byron yeah. was ridiculous. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was almost, you know, it's better than the goal. The picture that dude took from behind the net. Yeah. That picture. Oh, I haven't seen ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. I didn't see that one either. Oh, I haven't seen boy. it. We'll have yeah, to get, we'll it get it on Owen Radio Social. Or whatever. It's from behind. It's from the back left of the net. It's absolutely phenomenal. Like that picture, I don't know how that gets done, but that was, that looked really sharp. Uh, a bunch of other stuff going on around the NHL. Any other series you guys have been paying attention to the most? Because I don't think we should go through it all of them. But um, Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida has been fun, man. It has been aggressive. Uh, Florida with that a big OT game, win real, last night. That first game really wet your whistle. And then you really got excited about the playoffs coming back and everybody playing like that. I would also say Boston, Washington has been yep. really good. Uh, that one's been a you lot guys, of fun to yeah. watch. You see, that, you see that Halsey goal? Well, Tuck upstairs, that was sick. He's been oh, unreal buddy. since he became a Bruin. He's got some myths, so. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. amazing how Pete, he just didn't forget how to play in Buffalo, you know? Yeah. But different story. It's almost like uh, he wasn't going to shoot 1% the entire season or whatever it was. <laughs> like, um, Tampa, Florida has been good. 
the call like Colorado's been stomping St. Louis through two games, yep. but they're just I would so say this, good that they're so much fun to watch. I would say the same thing about Vegas and Minnesota. Like last night, what well, I watched the end of that game last night and it was the shots were something stupid, like 35 to 12 in the third. 40 fucking to period. 14. Oh, 40 it's to just like in the end. Yeah. I was like, wow. I know, I know Minnesota won game one of that series, but like, Hey, and there's oh, something for Oilers fans too. You know, Vegas lost game one of that series, right? Yeah. Didn't stop them. They didn't they just stop playing. Lost there, and they've if run it the wasn't for lost, Pittsburgh lost. If it wasn't for Cam Talbot in that series, that, that, that would be a three, nothing series right now. Cam Talbot's been and, playing out of his mind in that one. Like look around the league, right? Pittsburgh lost game one. They're up yep. two one Vegas lost game one. They're up two one Boston lost game one. They're up two one. I, I talked yep. about this on real life too. Go back through Oilers series in the past game one Oh six Detroit. They lost the game, won the series next round against San Jose lost the game, won the series. I know they lost the first. They lost game. two. Yeah. They lost and, two. And then even in 2017 against San Jose, they lost game one in overtime. They come back, they win the series. It's game one for a reason, man. They got a lot more hockey to go. And I think these playoffs, especially you can look around the league and find a lot of cases where teams losing game one, bouncing back great in the next couple. Tyler loaded up that the picture from Paul Byron from behind the net. That is a, that's a fucking dope. That's a really cool photo. Yeah. Like that goes down like in the 3021. They're looking at that photo. I'm uh, like, this I'll, is really, this is a really old camera, but that still looks pretty damn cool. I'm isn't uh, it amazing how, if you now you see a highlight from 2006 and it might as well have been shot on a potato. Like yes. it's just, <laughs> it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it looks like 2000 years ago. <laughs> um, if you want to see the photo, it's on our Oilers nation radio Insta. Owen radio podcast, Owen radio podcast. Go check it out on Twitter and Instagram. Hell of a photo. Uh, shout out to whoever the photographer was on that one. Uh, that Carolina is- Nashville is the last series we haven't touched. Anybody watching that one? I haven't seen any of it. I saw a little bit of it, but Carolina is just absolutely running the predator show right now. Nashville's is not playing well. That's what's happening. Nashville's losing that series. That's what's happening. Well, yeah. Yeah. Carolina's a pretty good team, though. Carolina's a win. No, Nash- Nashville's just a not- Nashville's <laughs> just not a very good team. I very much enjoy that Rick will carry that hatred from 2006 with him for the rest of his life, and I respect you for it. You can pro- you can probably sit down and write one hell of a diary story about that game seven day and that whole series. I mean, their coach, their coach looked us in the eye, looked us in the eye, and hand delivered us one of our worst days of our lives. Take it a, really was. I think they should lose. I think they should lose the franchise. Put them in it a really Let's go. Uh, shout out to our <laughs> friends at Deuce Vodka. Brett Kissel, DeuceVodka.com. It is exactly what you need for the summer. Tyler, this could be the summer. I believe that you finally get into Caesars. Because let me really? tell you, after, an, after a playoff game, maybe you had a couple of wobblies. Next morning, you're not feeling so mm-hmm. fresh, but you want to get back on the horse. A Caesar is going to do that for you. A Caesar is the way to go. And a Deuce Vodka made Caesar is excellent. Go to deucevodka.com forward slash about, and you can find a store locator of all the locations that you can grab Deuce Vodka from. Drop a Deuce. Drop a Deuce. (laughs) Drop a Deuce, whether you're on the bar stool or whatever else they say in the commercials. Support Brett. Oh, and by the way, Brett Kiss will uh, will be singing the anthem tonight. So shout out to Brett Kissel for the anthem and also for Deuce Vodka. Tyler, get your buttons ready, my friend. All right, let's do it. It's time for the Deuce Vodka hot and cold performers, unless he gets a phone call. Nope. We're going to start with Rick, as we always do. It's our cold performer of the week. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer, sir. Uh, You know what? It's, I don't even know how to word this, but it's, it's it's about the playoffs, but it's about the feeling you get after a loss. Mm. As positive, even as I am, for the first hour after the game, for the you know at least before you just go to bed, you're in a really dark place. Everything's the worst thing in the world. It's just that you know that feeling you get when it's just it's it's just darkness. It's darkness. You're able to get over it, sleep, you know, re re uh, pull your thoughts together and reevaluate in the morning. But for that first loss, there, that feeling you get, that's that's definitely the cold performance for me this week. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Fuck you, Toby. Uh, yeah. Dan, you're next up. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. Well, it's a it's a good news, bad story for my cold performer of the week. It's uh, the fact that the Oilers didn't 
put out any kind of a hype video. The good news is Josh Park certainly did, and that was a hell of a hype video that got me jacked the hell up for this uh, for the game one. Not that I needed any more of that, but but I just the Oilers. I I always enjoy their their video productions. They they do a good job of it. They win awards because of it, and I just feel like we've been robbed of a bit of that arena experience even more so because they aren't putting in the effort to put that stuff out so for me it's the lack of a hype video from the Edmonton Oilers and a lack of a an opening ceremony for these playoffs from the Edmonton Oilers that's my deuce vodka cold performer of the week are you thrilled I'm not Tyler you're next up deuce vodka cold performer of the week my cold performer of the week is going to be one Nazem Kadri, who is a fun player to watch. He's a good player, but holy shit, he can't figure it out. This guy cannot, cannot this guy cannot help himself cannot. from doing dumb shit in the playoffs. Like the regular season, he's like fine for the most part. He's just an agitator. He walks the line well. And then the playoffs come and he goes, you know what? I'm going to be an idiot. And he decides that pretty much every playoffs he's been a part of. So Nassim Kadri, you're my cold performer, man. You're going to get suspended for a while. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. I see he's got an in, uh, he's got you know, a, a here. By the, by the time people hear this podcast, we'll likely know how long it is. Frank Saravalli today on the DFO rundown. He, his guess was seven games. Whew. Whew. Uh, just to wrap up the cold side of our deuce, for deuce vodka, my cold performer of the week is Wednesday's loss showed me again, how much I hate Peter Shirelli. Let me explain. <laughs> we are in year six of Connor McDavid's career, and we've been robbed of playoff experiences because of that guy's horrible moves. We as a fan base should be more used to and accepting that one loss does not mean a series is over. And because of fucking Peter Shirelli, we don't have the at-bats we need to just casually let that fall off our back. You think Penguins fans were freaking out after a game one loss? They were not. Vegas fans, they were not. Well, first of all, Vegas, they just, they have no idea what losing even looks like, which is annoying in itself, but that's a different story. They just, they didn't, have the same defeatist kind of attitude as some Oilers fans did. And the reason that's a thing is because of Peter Shirelli. So Peter Shirelli, I am blaming you for the bad vibes. Some people were feeling after the game one loss. Fuck you. You were my cold performer of the week, the decade and forever. But apply for that job in Calgary, please. Oh man. No. That guy can screw can continue to screw us over. Just go away forever. I don't ever want to see you again. That's fair. <laughs> Tyler, you're up first. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Hot performer of the week is, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of the back-to-back games, but I will say this. We are heading into May long weekend, and we get games on Friday, Sunday, and Monday. That is an excuse to drink on all three days. Not that you really needed it on May long, but either way, we get a long weekend where, yes, it sucks. We're locked up inside and can't do much. But we get to enjoy Oilers playoff hockey. And, and that alone, that right there is the standalone hot performer of the week. All the playoff hockey we're getting this weekend. I also drink a beer at Rogers Place and I get crazy. Except now Absolutely. you're doing it at home, Dan. Yes, Dan is drinking beers at home, getting crazy. Speaking of which, Nation Dan, you're up next. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Oh, uh, well, my hot and cold performer has a bit of a theme and it's Rogers place. So thank you for playing that there, Tyler. Uh, my hot performer of the week is going to a gentleman who's having his final game at Rogers place tonight. Uh, DJ Johnny infamous will be uh, moving on to Kelowna after the game. And uh, I just want to wish him the best of luck in, uh, in that. And, and also thank him for, for all the atmosphere that he has been able to create in this new building. We've had a lot of fun. I think, uh, you know, from, from people, bugging him because he played Jack and Diane at the, uh, towards the end of a game where the Oilers were in close to, uh, to the bubble hockey where he, he made it fun uh, to not have fans in the stands as much as that sucked. Uh, so yeah, to Johnny infamous, you're my hot performer of the week. Thanks for everything you've done and best of luck in Kelowna. Put some respect on my name. He also DJed my sister's wedding. There you go. Thank you, Johnny, for Shout DJing out to Johnny Tyler's sister's He's a beauty. wedding. Rick, next up, Deuce Vodka Outperform of the Week. Well, much like the cold performance, this one goes to the playoffs as well. But instead of after the game, this is before the game. This is that anxiety, that um, never-ending hope, that feeling we've had since we've all woken up at like 
six thirty this morning, some god awful time because it's Christmas Day. Every day, every second day is Christmas Day. You got to get up and get moving. This feeling is something we've wanted. We really didn't get a taste of it last year, 2017, 2006, and unfortunately, there's so many gaps that we don't get enough of this. But this feeling here is the whole point. Is why we go through 82 games. Everybody's jacked up right now. I wish we could do it a little bit bigger with a little more people in the same building, but it is what it is. It's still going to be fun. It's still great to sit down and watch them in the playoffs. So this feeling right now that everybody's gotten their chest right now, as much as it's and it's, as much as it's it's tough to deal with, it's 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 because of good. So everybody enjoy this feeling because we know what it's like when it's gone. Pour it on. My Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week is. I'm going to say Oilers fans, because while we're not able to get together as we normally would, just like Rick said, we do an excellent job of creating a buzz for ourselves on the internet. The mission 21 hashtag is being used a lot. There's people posting pictures of themselves in their backyards, all their setups. I'm starting to see more and more flags out in my neighborhood, at least everybody's getting excited. We all needed this. We all love this. And the vibe that Oilers fans can create. I mean, listen, we weren't allowed back in Rogers place, but Oilers fans still stopped in front of the building and did a convoy of just a bunch of cars honking and making noise and causing a ruckus for the boys. I love the buzz that Oilers fans can do. No one does it better. We deserve playoffs and we deserve to be together. Oilers fans are my hot form of the week. Cash money. It is cash money. And if you missed it earlier on, or if you forgot, because you were distracted by what's going on with Tyler's alleged murder investigation, <laughs> we are going to two shows a week starting next week Woo! on Tuesday and Friday. That's right. Tuesday, 30 Friday. minutes of your M truck in each of them. And that's it. <laughs> he's coming at, He's coming at 27 minutes. He's got his game boy set up for this one. He's ready to roll. Starting on Tuesday, we'll have two episodes of Oilers Nation per week, or Oilers Nation Radio per week, I should say. Also, the boys, Dan, uh, Dan and the boys are doing State of the Nation every the day after game days at 10 a.m. It's, it's the hardest thing to say, and I don't know why. It sounds it really so is. weird. The so, morning after every game, 10 a.m. Yes, 10 a.m. the morning after every game. So today, game Friday, the boys will be recording Saturday at 10 a.m. little yep. episode of State of the Nation. They will be doing Monday because they play Sunday, and I, I don't know what the schedule looks like. So they, are the cameras on for this? Absolutely. State of the Nation, are the cameras on? Absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I think we all should be tuning in and be holding everybody accountable. If everybody's got not got a little bit of a hangover, if we're not putting in the playoff, if we're not putting the playoff effort right now, we can't expect the team to. Everybody's got to put in that playoff effort. I want to see some bags under the eyes every morning, please. Oh, I thought you I were going to say one shot before noon or twelve before one or whatever it is. Or, <laughs> one, one before, before 10, ten or ten, or 10 before, before one. one. But if it goes well, on at 10, you know what? If it was 9.30, I'd be holding this to you guys. You guys were smart. You picked 10 o'clock. It's really tough to hold you at the, at the deadline itself. So you're well done picking your time. But I want to see some bags. I want to see some Gatorades. PDLite's got like a sport version now. I want to see you guys <laughs> having to, you know, a little, a little bit of a crutch in the morning. If I see a Caesar, that's extra marks. So there's a lot of programming going on around Oilers Nation right now. Lots of stuff going on in the playoffs. Let's just run through it really quickly as we wrap this up in case you don't know. Jay and Josh, pregame, pregame show. That's every game day. So that's going up live on Twitch and Twitter and YouTube, I believe. Oilers Nation Radio, again, Tuesday, Friday. Real life, Monday, Thursday, BCAS after every game, State of the Nation, next morning at 10 a.m. So there's a lot of shit going on. Thank you, everybody. Tyler, we won pregame. And also, Tyler's doing one, one, and one now. Tyler, run us through that. Uh, it's a one minute video I post on the internet on game day. And I give you one stat, one key to victory and one bet for the Edmonton Oilers all in one minute. Also, I do a pregame podcast. Oh, actually, yeah. you know what? About a, a, a now that we're talking about this and I'm thinking about it, bonus cold performer of the week was my fucking betting night on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I bet with my heart on Wednesday and I got pummeled for it. It was just like speed bagging my testicles for 60 minutes because nothing <laughs> I thought was going to happen really happened. So here's hoping for a better performance in game two. I want to hear predictions. I want to hear a keys victory. I want you guys to engage with us as much as you can. Owen radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. 
Thank you to Sherwood Ford, Skip the Dishes, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka for making this all possible. And more importantly, all of you that are listening and welcoming us into your ear holes and to Tyler Remchuk for giving us six and a half minutes of his attention today. <laughs> That's Oilers Nation Radio, episode 139. We're bouncing back in game two, baby. Have a great long weekend. Shout out Tyler's cell phone. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.